your live NBA GM road trip. We talked to Zach Allen earlier this week from Houston. Harry is going to digest some of that talk and introduce his own trades now for us. Harry, how we doing? We're doing great, doing great. How are you, Paul? I'm good. Actually, just after Zach hyped up that Lakers-Rockets game the other night, the Rockets went out and laid an egg. They got absolutely blown out by the Lakers. They actually play again tonight. What did you think of that, that game, Harry? I mean, it's hard to play the uh, the champion Lakers, uh, you know, especially with all the uncertainty that's going on in Houston right now. Uh, I saw that report earlier this week that Harden's looking more likely to stay for the remainder of the season. Uh, so I think that they're just trying to figure it out. They've got a new coach. They've got you know a lot of new players who are getting significant minutes, and they haven't had much time to gel since, unfortunately, the season's uh, offseason was cut so short. Yeah, and I think overall, I think Rockets fans – are kind of trying to wait this out. I mean, when you have so many new pieces introduced, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to pass judgment right away. You kind of got to give it some time, but at the same time in that shortened season, you don't have as much of a window to recover. They're off to an okay start, but they have a lot of room for growth now. Yeah, no doubt. I think that Christian Wood was probably frankly the best free agent signing this off season. Uh, being able to bring him in on a pretty team friendly deal uh, was impressive for Houston, uh, especially you know, in the midst of Russell Westbrook and James Harden both requesting trades away from the organization. They lost their GM. They lost their coach. You know, it didn't seem like it would be a spot uh, that guys would be interested in, but you know, they got Christian Wood in there, and now uh, they trade and got John Wall, and I think that there's more excitement around this team uh, than there was, frankly, last season. Uh, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I know you and I talked about it before the season even started and both you and I had the Rockets probably as a top six seed in the West Um, and the way that it's played out so far looks like they might be more of a fringe playoff team but they could easily catch lightning in a bottle and go on a run here so I'm not ready to count them out but at the same time things don't look great in Houston. Yeah I agree I agree I think that uh, if James were to commit and buy in I think that they would be able to build on that foundation of knowing that they're a superstar. Um, one of the best players in the NBA is there to stay because he likes what uh, their new front office has done. Uh, so that would just kind of change, I think, the mindset of all the players. Because uh, right now, you know, everyone, everything's up in the air, like I said before. And, um, you know, if Harden still is unhappy, uh, you know, with ownership uh, and just feels like he wants, uh, you know, change of scenery uh, and something new, uh, I think that he would be really the one guy. Uh, that would be on the trade block, I think, him. And if they could offload Eric Gordon's contract as well, uh, that would be uh, another significant trade piece just because, you know, he's got four more years on his deal uh, and he's making around $17 million. Uh, That's not really in. I have a question for you. I have a question for you on James Harden. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you and I have a little bit of differing opinions on James Harden. And basically the question is this, in a hypothetical world – you can trade James Harden or any any team can acquire James Harden for nothing in return is there a team in the NBA that James Harden doesn't make that team better no he he is frankly one of the best scores the game has ever seen um in my opinion some nights he's the best and uh you know people discredit his defense and I do understand that his effort isn't there um you know, and obviously, as of late, he's had some issues um, with teammates, uh, specifically Austin Rivers is what Zach said uh, earlier this week. Um, 
you know, but I, I th- he's well liked. Uh, and I said that in our earlier podcast. Um, you know, he's a friendly guy. Uh, you know, he seems pretty laid back off the court. Uh, and also, like in the pick and roll, if he's driving and not going to his step back three, he's looking for the lob to his guy. Like he averages a decent amount of assists because he gets so much pressure. He has the ability, honestly, to pass it pretty well for being double teamed for a significant portion of the game. Uh, I think that he could make any team uh, a contender or at least uh, get traded to a team. And then a year's time, uh, they can be a serious threat. One of the most far off narratives that I hear thrown around a lot is that he's, you know, wasteful or inefficient. Yet when you look at player efficiency ratings at the end of each year, he's top three every year. Um, And that has a lot to do with him getting to the free throw line. I know that, but there's just so many of the narratives, even the James doesn't pass narrative. He's also led the league in assists. He's leading the league in assists this year. And I know a lot of that has to do with him having the ball in his hands a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like all these narratives, all these reasons that people are throwing bullets at him, some of them actually end up being backhanded compliments because the things that are being thrown at him are actually the things that he's good at and no one pays attention to. Yeah, I mean, essentially what Mike D'Antoni did is when he came to Houston, he wanted to figure out how to maximize James Harden. And he is an isolation scorer. And he can score it well, and he can do whatever he wants on the basketball floor on the offensive end. Um, And I think that he just kind of said, hey, go score. And I'll try to talk to Daryl, and we give you some shooters around you uh, to develop uh, just so you can go uh, have room to create. Uh, And then once you draw two, you kick it, and uh, you guys will be good and shoot a lot of threes, and we'll outscore teams. And uh, it seemed to be working back, uh, you know, when he had Chris Paul, uh, and then, you know, they trade and get Westbrook. Uh, he's a ball-dominant guard. Uh, I thought it was kind of a, a foolish trade, in my opinion, to bring in a non-shooting guy to center around Harden. I think if, you have, you had, if you're playing James Harden, you need at least three very good shooters on the floor and then maybe one rim runner, shot blocker like Capella used to be for them. Uh, but now that he has Christian Wood uh, playing the big man position, you know, he has a guy who can pick and run to the rim or also pick and pop. And that's just going to do so much for James's game where he can get into the lane, finish with his leftover guys pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just one of the most fun players to watch in the NBA. But uh, if he does, uh, continue to be disgruntled. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of trades to get Harden out of town. Uh, that could be exciting. Uh, but then again, you know, before I, I dive into these trades, just know that uh, James doesn't have all the leverage here. Like he has obviously said that there's a couple of teams that he'd be interested in going to. Uh, but with two more seasons to play um, in his deal, uh, you know, he doesn't really have much say. And I think that if he could buy in, uh, to a team that he gets traded to for at least two seasons, uh, it could be worth the flyer, frankly, uh, to make them a contender and then also try to convince him to sign a new you know, max contract uh, after his one that he has now uh, currently runs out. So uh, the first trade that I've got here is him going to Detroit. And, uh, you know, I, I probably feel like I've just made a lot of people's eyes roll uh, because Detroit's not a win-now team, uh, but they have some win-now players. Uh, that they could trade back to Houston uh, to make Houston one of the deeper teams in the league. Uh, Essentially what what would happen is Detroit would ship out Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, DeLon Wright, uh, Sako Dumbuya, and then Isaiah Stewart, uh, as well as two first round picks and a second round pick. Uh, In return, Detroit would get James Harden, Ben McLemore, and Eric Gordon. Uh, I'll talk about why I, I, I like this for Houston. 
uh, what they could do is they could do a two guard lineup uh, with John Wall and Derek Rose. Uh, John Wall doesn't back down for much competition on the defensive end. So I think he could guard twos uh, while Derek guards the point, but then, you know, they can both spread the floor and, and attack lanes. So I think that they would work well on the offensive end together. Uh, Blake Griffin would give them a much needed rebounder. Christian Woods had a hard time rebounding the ball and clearing out the paint. Uh, Blake's a big man. He can stretch the floor. Uh, and two years ago, I mean, he was an efficient player. He got hurt last year. Uh, so if you scratch that year and you truly believe that he can be healthy, uh, he can definitely be a threat. Um, and then Sequoia Dumbuya, uh, he actually had an excellent rookie season. Uh, you know, he's super long uh, and he's learning how to stretch the floor. Uh, and he's just a roster piece that, that I think that Houston would love to have and bring in just another lanky guy who could potentially develop. He kind of reminds me of Siakam, frankly. Uh, and then you've yeah. got Isaiah Stewart. He's the rookie that came in out of Washington. Uh, you know, we haven't really been able to see what he can do just yet. Uh, but, you know, it's a first round pick that Houston would be getting in return for a first-team All-NBA player in James Harden. Uh, and then they just get two first-round picks and a second-round pick from Detroit. Uh, you know, who knows how good they would be with James Harden. So those could come uh, into potentially, you know, fringe lottery, I would say probably um, you know, coming in the 15 to 20 range in the first round. But, you know, that's still a lot um, to get for Harden because right now, you know, he doesn't seem like a great teammate currently. Um, so I don't know how much value he's got, but, uh, I think that Houston would be able to retool where a starting lineup of John Wall, Derek Rose, Daniel house, Blake Griffin, and then Christian Wood, uh, would be fun to watch. Um, but then also they'd be able to draft young guys to come in and grow, uh, around that roster. Uh, and then for Detroit's purposes, they just drafted Killian Hayes, uh, who could play alongside James Harden. They're both lefties. They're both about the same size. And I think they'd be really fun to watch. Unfortunately, Killian Hayes has gotten off to a slow start in the NBA. Uh, that's understandable because, you know, they, they've given him the ball to create, um, you know, and he didn't have a summer league. He really hasn't had time to pick up the offense. And also Detroit's such a new team because they just signed a bunch of new guys uh, that I think that they're just all trying to figure it out right now. But, um, you know, I think if Detroit wanted to make a move now uh, and, and kind of cash in on the assets that they've accumulated, get a guy like Harden to pair with, you know, Killian Hayes. They also just got Jeremy Grant. I think he's very underrated. Uh, he was shooting at almost 40 percent from three for Denver the past two seasons. He's long. He runs the floor. Pick and pop guy, pick and roll to the rim guy. Very similar to Christian Wood for James Harden. Yeah. So do you I mean, obviously, we talked about the Rockets not being off to, you know, their best start. But the, Detroit's even worse. I mean, mm -hmm. Detroit has looked pretty damn awful mm -hmm. this year. Um, and one thing that you worry about is in a package like this, where you're giving up, you know, those draft picks, but you're also giving up five rotation players, five players that are firmly in the rotation. James Harden gets there, and it's kind of this skeleton crew in Detroit, would you worry about James Harden's attitude and his ability? Because, you know, James Harden's over 30 now. He wants to win. He hasn't gotten that ring. Do you just feel like that would be a good fit as far as his attitude and his ability to buy in? Well, I think that if he got traded the deadline, uh, that would mean that Houston already probably isn't making the playoffs. And if so, they're probably a seventh, eighth seed. So he probably understood that he'd probably have to be facing the Clippers, Nuggets, or the Lakers in, in the West. Uh, but now that he gets a fresh start in the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, I think that if the new general manager up there in Detroit can convince James that they're going to retool this offseason and bring in win now guys, because uh, they would have, you know, a little bit of salary 
cap room uh, to work with because they would be offloading so much in, in contracts that I, I think they could be fun and they could maybe retool uh, to where they could bring in a big for him. And then they would have Jeremy Grant. Uh, and then, you know, they've got Mikhail Luke. Eric Gordon would be being traded as well from Houston. Uh, so he could start at the three for them. Uh, so I think that, you know, it, it would depend. I feel like initially James would probably want to have some kind of load management to end the season uh, this season. But, you know, I, I think there would be some excitement in Detroit, which honestly hasn't been around uh, in quite some time. And I, I think it would just be a nice fresh start for Harden to compete in, in a worse Eastern Conference. Uh, than the West, but also just for Detroit to get a revamped energy uh, up there uh, and also just to kind of, you know, hopefully retool and bring in some guys. Yeah, so, and you are right. The Jeremy Grant that he'd be pairing with is a new and improved Jeremy Grant. I mean, mm-hmm. beforehand, you're talking a year or two ago, you're talking about Jeremy Grant, lots of length, plus defender, can occasionally score the ball, brings your team a lot of energy. But then this year, year we're seeing him drop over 20 a game we're seeing him be able to be the alpha on the team even more than Blake Griffin um Blake Griffin has his value has decreased as he's become over the course of his career he's become less of that high flyer and he's evolved into more of this kind of four who is more of a pick and pop I'm gonna take my threes I'll take five threes a game And, and when he's making them he's still an effective player but when he's not he doesn't really have that high-flying side to his game that he was once known for. So I don't really know where Blake Griffin's value at. Um, the other pieces in this trade I, I think are really important. The the two at the bottom here, Demboya and Stewart. I think if you think that those guys are going to grow, and like you said, Demboya's rookie season, he was tremendous. He showed a lot of promise. So I think if, you, if you're the Rockets and you say, you know what, that run that we've went on these past five, six seasons, it's over. And we really need to retool and maybe you put your faith in those. Yeah, exactly. And Blake would be able to hopefully mentor those two young guys that are coming in and uh, they would also be able to be competitive. You know, I I think that rebuilding is very difficult for a team when, when um, you get young guys in there um, and they start losing, you know, it's hard to pick guys out of that mindset of losing is okay. You know, so for teams to be able to grow guys um, in a winning program, I think that just goes such a long way. Like Toronto, Toronto does such a good job developing youth in a winning environment. Um, You see that kid, Terrence Davis, they, they got as an undrafted last year. He came in, played well. Siakam, obviously uh, they have, Fred Van Fleet came in undrafted uh, and they've just done an incredible job building a winning culture um, and getting guys to buy in. And I think that maybe they could try to do that in Houston uh, and then Detroit, they'd really just need to focus on getting a starting big man uh, to start the upcoming season. Uh, because I, you know, I think that Plumley they just now signed him to a pretty lucrative deal for what he brings, but uh, he's a backup at most. So uh, that's the first trade uh, transitioning here into uh, the second trade. It would be with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, you know, they're off to actually a really good start. Um, and, and frankly, Sabonis looks like he's going to make an all NBA team this year. Uh, he's doing everything. Stretches the floor, um, you know, he goes to his left hand for a nice hook. Uh, I think pairing him with the lefty Harden uh, would be fun and they would kind of mesh well. Um, so I would have James Harden and PJ Tucker being sent to the Indiana Pacers for Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, Aaron Holiday, Goga Bedadzi, and then uh, a second, two second round picks and a first round pick. Uh, what I'll say is Oladipo actually looks himself this season, uh, which is exciting. Um, you know, he's playing within himself. Uh, he's, he's attacking closeouts. Um, and also he's shooting the ball when, when 
you know, they leave him open. So um, he's been looking like a threat. And then Miles Turner is actually leading the league in blocks this season at like four blocks per game. That is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there have been trade rumors for a couple of years now about getting Turner out of Indiana because they envision Sabonis as the big. I also do envision that uh, Sabonis should be the, the center. Um, and, and you could pair a guy like PJ Tucker alongside him to start in the lineup. Uh, and that would be a fun combination of having a stretch shooter, but also a defender to pair alongside, you know, Sabonis. And then Indiana, they would have five shooters on the floor at all times. Um, and I, th- I think that that would move them into actual contention in the Eastern conference, uh, you know, for the Rockets, you know, they would be able to re-sign Oladipo after this offseason. You know, that would be the only reason they would make this deal if they were confident they could do so. Uh, and then they could pair him with John Wall uh, in the backcourt to be one of the better defensive duos, uh, you know, in the NBA, uh, frankly. Uh, and then they could start Miles Turner alongside Christian Wood. And Christian Wood would have less rebounding uh, and defensive duties uh, because Turner's such a threat um, at the rim. Uh, and also he can stretch the floor too. So they would be playing just about five out. Um, uh, and they would be kind of a running gun team where I think that they would want to get the ball, push it out, let Miles run, let Christian Wood run the floor, and let Oladipo and John Wall have space uh, in the open court uh, and just go and attack. And I think they would be a running gun team, um, you know, that I think that Steven Silas would be able to control well. And they, they would be running a similar offense, I think, that Dallas did when Steven was, uh, you know, assistant coach in Dallas for so many years under, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle. So I, th- I think that uh, that'd be an interesting trade. Again, Houston would get a first round pick and two second round picks out of Harden, but also they would get a former second overall pick in Oladipo and then a top lottery pick uh, in Miles Turner. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like this trade a lot. You think about the Pacers history, even going back to Reggie Miller, um, you've always had so many good shooting guards, small forwards, big men in there. You think about that Paul George team uh, when it was Paul George, Lance Stevenson, and Roy Hibbert when he was balling. They just never have had that point guard that can actually put them over the top. And you insert James Harden, this deal's a lot different than the first one because these are two teams making a trade here where two teams could still remain good after the trade. Um, I think Oladipo, like you said, we are worried about him going into this year, wondering if he could kind of find his form again. He's found that he's dropping 20 a game. He's still not shooting the three ball amazingly. And he, he takes a lot, yeah. but I mean, Oladipo, you know, he is what he is. He's a former two-time all-star. He's a fantastic player. And Miles Turner, like you said, Celtics passed on him this offseason in those Gordon Hayward sweepstakes. He wasn't always committed on the defensive end, but then this year he's just been a complete different player. Um, He's been unbelievable on the defensive end. Now on the other side, as well as James Harden is playing in, and you know, James Harden, as soon as you see him on the court, it kind of silences all this off the court stuff that he was getting into, especially when Kyrie Irving is going around doing things that are even more absurd, but P.J. Tucker, for everything that James Harden has done well this year, P.J. Tucker has been struggling mightily this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked to Zach earlier this week about the potential for P.J. Tucker to move on because he's obviously disgruntled about that contract situation. But maybe it's just a change of scenery in this way. Maybe it's you don't wait until free agency. You don't wait until that market opens up and you just take the risk and you get involved in a package here with James Harden to a team, the Pacers, that are looking fantastic this season. And, I mean, I don't know what the Pacers think of their current state. 
like you said, Sabonis and Brogdon have been absolutely unbelievable this year. And they're clearly on their way to being a, what do you think, five, six seed? Yeah, easily. And I, I think that a trade like this would get them, you know, in the top four uh, in the Eastern Conference where they could just go to Harden Sabonis pick and roll every possession. They would have Brogdon, they'd have TJ Warren, the bubble, you know, <laughs> all all star. <laughs> and then yeah. PJ Tucker just to spread the floor for them. And literally they could just go to it every time. They could have so many different sets, run so many different options with both of those guys because they're so skilled. Sabonis can finish around the rim. He's got a mid range, you know, he, I've been seeing him, you know, attack with his left hand to get to the paint, do a little spin move into a finish. He's been finishing a lot more with his right hand this season, which has been fun to watch. Um, and, and he's going to continue to develop, uh, you know, but I just think that, you know, those two lefties paired together would, would be such a tier um, and, and everyone would be honestly quite intimidated by the Indiana Pacers moving forward and they could beat any team on any given night. And I, th- I think that they would scare a lot of teams uh, who have trouble on the defensive end uh, moving into the playoffs. So um, I would really like that trade, um, you know, to get hard in Indiana. The only thing is again, Indianapolis, it's a small market. Would he be able to commit uh, to living in Indiana, uh, central Indiana for years to come? Uh, that's to be seen. I-, I don't think that any of these deals <laughs> would be hap- would happen unless the front office and ownership of the new franchise would get confirmation that Harden would be okay living there um, and playing there. So uh, last but not least, uh, after saying that, I think that the Toronto Raptors are in need of a serious mix up. Um, I think that unfortunately for them, uh, you just can't pay the guys that they won that championship with two years ago. Obviously Kawhi Leonard left um but they're off to the worst start uh in like the past six years seven years and i think that has a lot to do with just age and also you know losing their two big guys in ibaka uh you know and gasol and they tried to bring in aaron baines to do their job just it's just not gonna happen um so i think that uh James Harden, Eric Gordon, and Ben McElmore could be sent to Toronto and then return. Houston would receive Kyle Lowry, uh, Stanley Johnson, just to make the money work. Uh, they, they probably wouldn't keep Stanley around. Uh, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, who just signed a new extension. And then Malachi Flynn, who was their first overall pick this last offseason. Uh, and then they would get two additional picks from Toronto. Uh, talk about why Houston would do this first. Um, Kyle Lowry has been playing beside Fred Van Pleet for a couple of seasons now. So he understands the two guard system and he would be going into this with John wall and John could be a lot more of the creator and Lowry could be a lot more of the spacer. You know, I think right now uh, Lowry and Van Fleet kind of share the time of who does what. Uh, but I think that Lowry would be a lot more comfortable just saying, Hey, I, I, I'll stretch the floor. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll take charges on the defensive end. So I think that would be fun um, to watch that uh, backcourt kind of figure it out uh, in time. Uh, and then OG Ananobi, I, I think that, you know, he might be the centerpiece of this trade. Uh, you know, he's continuing to grow um, and he was a mid to late first round pick um, you know, a couple seasons ago and he's really taken off. Uh, he's defensive, his defensive abilities uh, are slim to none. Uh, he can guard just about anyone um, and he's tasked to guard pretty much the best wing um, every given night uh, for the Raptors. 
And uh, that's not easy to do, right? And he just signed an extension, so he'd be in Houston for a while. And, uh, you know, I think that he would be really the one that moves the needle. But then also, Norman Powell is an exceptional player, and he's been getting better uh, as his years have progressed. And, uh, you know, he stretches the floor. He'd probably have to come off the bench because Lowry would start at the two. Um, yeah, but I just think he would just help them with their depth and he could be a true contender for six man in the league, um, as he already is now in Toronto, even though they're not off to a great start. And then Malachi Flynn, uh, I really liked him at San Diego state. Um, he's had a terrible start to the season. Uh, he looked good in the preseason. Actually, I watched a couple games of his, uh, but, but again, you know, it's going to be impossible to judge any rookies right now. Um, so Houston would, would be taking a flyer, um, on a rookie point guard who would have, some of the best mentoring you could have in the NBA and John Wall and Kyle Lowry teaching you how to be a point guard uh, in the association. Uh, and then they would also receive two first round picks from Toronto. Who knows how good those would be, but you know, again, they would be getting uh, quite a bounty for James Harden's head. And uh, I, I think it would pay off uh, for them. Uh, you know, and then thinking about Toronto, yeah, you know, their general manager, I, I think, might still have that winning taste in his mouth that, that he likes just a bit too much to try to rebuild right now. Um, and if he were to be able to pair Siakam uh, with a guy like James Harden, uh, it would be really scary. I, I tried to include P.J. Tucker in this trade uh, just because P.J. could maybe convince uh, Harden uh, to move to Toronto um, because he was there formerly. Uh, but, I, you know, it was hard to make the money work uh, because both these teams don't have any cap room. But I would be sending Harden, Eric Gordon, and Macklemore. Uh, they would be able to start Van Fleet at his natural position at the point guard, play Harden there, uh, where Van Fleet could stretch the floor for him. Uh, and then they would start Gordon at the three, and he would do a similar thing uh, for James Harden, just shoot the three ball uh, when he's open. Even when he's not open, he shoots it. So, uh, And then Siakam at the four, and then Baines at the five. That would also be a five-out team because Baines has shown the ability to shoot the ball, uh, at least in Phoenix yep. last year, um, then a little bit this year with the Raps. So I think that would be a fun team. Uh, they would be able to – you know, kind of look to the future. Um, they're not just trying to grasp at straws of the, you know, the old construction of their 2019 championship team moving Lowry. Uh, that would really be kind of the nail in the coffin uh, to that era. But then again, I mean, who would be upset as a Toronto fan if they got James Harden? Uh, I think that this would be the one one team that he would be confident in sticking around for. Toronto is a semi-big market. I mean, Canada would love him. He would be Canada's child. And, uh, yeah, I think they'd be scary. You know, Siakam would make up for James Harden's defensive um, inabilities. And, uh, you know, Siakam's continuing to improve. And they tried to give uh, him more uh, offensive duties uh, this season. And you can see that he's not ready to take on um, something that significant. It looked to nope. be that way last year. Uh, but he had a lot of help with Gasol and Ibaka. Um, you know, his other bigs that teams had to guard, but now that they can just focus on Siakam, you know, he's struggling because he's just not a creator, frankly. You know, he, I think he works off the ball better. He attacks closeouts that are made from penetration, you know, that I just don't think that he should be handling the Rocket 6-9 from the perimeter as much. But I, I you know, I see a similar uh, vision for him just playing a pick and roll with Harden. And, you know, they would have shooters around. And, and Baines is also a terrific screener, uh, which would be, really good for Harden uh, to create off of. But I, I think that this would be a win-win as well for both teams. And, uh, you know, we would see if Lowry would, would get re-signed in Houston, but he used to play for the Rockets. So he's familiar uh, yeah. with the organization. I think he actually, I, I saw where he still has a house down there. So, you know, if you were to agree to move down there, I, I think it'd be fun for both teams. Yeah. And to your credit, you actually said 
prior to this season that you thought the Raptors were going to take a huge step back. I wasn't as sure about it. Um, but, you know, what you said also about Siakam down the stretch, being able to be that primary guy for them, it's just not working out. We've even seen in the clutch the last two nights, I don't know if you saw, but against the Warriors and then against the Blazers two nights in a row, one possession game, it's all Siakam. Uh, they're, they're asking Siakam to do a lot down the stretch and he wasn't able to make those shots. And, you know, sometimes those shots don't fall, but it's just the whole idea of it, the whole idea of him being your centerpiece I don't really know if you want that going forward. And Kyle Lowry's obviously contributed so much to this franchise. Kind of people have been down on him so many times when the Raptors had exits, when they, you know, ran into LeBron and all those good teams. But he really proved himself on that run with Kawhi. And then again, last year in the bubble. And like you said, Norman Powell, I think a lot of people tend to, when someone's not a starter, kind of, just overlook them a little bit and say, you know, they're not getting starting minutes for a reason, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you, Norman Powell would start on a bunch of NBA teams. Harry, I got a question for you per 36 playoff minutes last year in the bubble. What do you think Norman Powell averaged? Great question. Um, I mean, I'm going to per 36 you're saying. Um, Wow. Yeah. Per 36. I would probably go with like 25 a game. I mean, he comes in there and, and shoots the lights out. What is it? Yeah, he was putting up about 20 a game. 20 a game last year. Um, putting in like two assists, four rebounds alongside it. I mean, the guy's just unbelievable off the bench. And I think Houston would be happy to get him in a second. Then you've got Anobi, who, like you said, they just signed. Um, they think he can really grow. He's shown strides each year. <laughs> Stanley Johnson, you know, like you said, he's probably not going to be involved too much. And then you got to hope that Malachi can grow a little bit if you're Houston. Um, so I do like the move for Houston, but at the same time, like you said, I do think Raptors management along with Nick Nurse, like you said, they have that winning feeling. Um, they have that taste of it. And I think they're continuing to think that they can still get to that point by offloading these players. They'd be able to maintain enough of their core I think Fred and Siakam right at the center of it because neither of them are old in years. Both of them have a lot left to give still. So James Harden would come into that team immediately ready to contribute and immediately part of something bigger than himself, an operation that's already well on its way. And despite the slow start to this season, you know, James comes in there, if they're hanging around, if they're even hanging around 500 at the time that he makes that move over there, I mean, they're making the playoffs. With yeah, they could, they could be a seventh seed place. for sure. Um and, uh, you know, Masai Ujri, he, he was given, um, you know, the award of being, you know, one of the best front office uh, guys in the league a couple years back because he got Kawhi um, into town. And I, I think this would be a similar approach, you know, you know, Harden's perennial superstar and uh, comes in, understands what he needs to do. Um, they're looking for a title. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that it would be a more distributed roster um, for him. Uh, you know, up there in Toronto. And also, again, he, he wouldn't have to be facing the Lakers, uh, the Nuggets, the Clippers, uh, the Mavericks in the playoffs. You know, he would be looking at Boston and, uh, you know, he'd be looking, you know, we'd have to see exactly where they'd be placed. But I just think that th- that would give Toronto some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and then they would be able to bring in guys. Yeah, you know, the best thing about 
bring in a guy like Harden is guys will want to come and play with you. Uh, they'll want to play with yeah. him because uh, they want to compete and they want to win. Um, and you see that with the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers get guys on small deals all the time. I mean, Kuzma just resigned for, I think it was like three years, 30 million. Like that's a joke actually. Um, right. that, but you know, he took the discount to live in Hollywood and, and get a ring. And I think that, uh, they'd be able to bring in guys and they would be scary uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, for at least a couple of years. And um, I, I think the Ujri, uh, the president uh, of the team, would be able to convince Harden to, to stay for a max. So and also compete, uh, you know, in, in a really tough division, you know, with Brooklyn uh, and one of his best friends in, in Kevin Durant. Uh, and then with Boston, you know, I, I think that uh, it'd be a fun division and. And I think that he he would embrace the amount of love that Canada would give him um, and convince him to stay, you know, uh, but we'll see, you know, I, he'd at least stay for two years. So um, that'd be enough to, to kind of open up, uh, you know, a championship run window uh, for them and, uh, and see what happens. But uh, yeah, that's what I've got. Uh, we'll see if James Harden stays. I hope he stays honestly, uh, just because I really like what they've done um, to bring in John Wall, Boogie Cousins, uh, you know, and Christian Wood. So uh, I, I think they're great compliments to Harden, uh, but Harden just got to commit. Yeah. So ultimately, when you're looking at these trades you propose, do you think there's going to be any movement for the Rockets this year? If there's one guy that needs to be traded, it's Eric Gordon. Uh, he just doesn't have a great contract uh, and he can help a team, but I don't think anyone would take him unless it's paired with Harden. Uh, you know, if Harden decides to stay, he will be able to convince management to give Tucker a new contract. I mean, you know, cause he would kind of pretty much run the show uh, if he stayed in Houston. Uh, that, that would be the dif differentiation. Um, if he were to move to a new franchise, you know, that's not really his team yet. Uh, you know, he would kind of have to become that guy uh, who makes decisions, you know, but right now in Houston, yeah, I think that they, they want him to stay. And if, if giving PJ Tucker and a couple other guys, uh, new contracts would would be the convincing you know argument. Why, why not do that uh, to to keep him there sure. uh, with John Wall? You know, and, and Wood, Christian Wood is still so young, uh, and he can do everything on the basketball floor right now. Um, shoot it, he's run to the rim, he's finishing well. Uh, he looks stronger than last season, and he and he balled out last season. So I'm excited for what Houston can bring to the table. Um, it's a it's a tough conference, but James Hard's James Harden is a one in a million player. Yes, sir. And it's been a fantastic week talking Rockets. Obviously, we went in a bit of a different order this week, talking to Zach earlier in the week and then hopping on the trades later this week. And then next, we're going to move to the OKC Thunder, who both you and I had not making the playoffs this year. And they're actually kind of shining right now. So I don't know what to think of them, but I'm really excited to get them on as well. Yeah, we'll hop into it soon enough. Uh, but thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, let us know what you think about these trades and uh, if you think there's, there's a better team in store for James Harden.